What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in the Clovis CIA is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. We got a jam-packed one for you. We got some fantasy football, uh, AFC East, and of course, a little bit of Drew Take questions, which I am dying to ask Drew, although we just went through them a little bit, but you guys are going to want to stay tuned for that. So, Try not to fight anybody in this episode, you guys, because Drew tried to yesterday. But uh, with that being said, guys, let's get started. That's right. Two weeks in a row, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Almost not two weeks in a row. Uh, but luckily... Everything fell into place to where we came here. So we're very happy that you guys uh, are here this week. We are happy to be here. Uh, we are going uh, back to StreamYard. Uh, as Cody said in the episode last week, we were doing it through Riverside. We had a lot of uh, technical difficulties with it that we found out later that it was going through Riverside. So we kind of had to can it and come right back to our to our ex stream yard so we are back with our ex but you know what sometimes that's okay (laughs) (laughs) so here we are we are back on stream yard and actually you know what it's already i just feel so comfortable it's just i know it i just i want to hug it so (laughs) (laughs) it's getting weird now i gotta stop anyway um so before we get into everything which we have a ton to talk about we have mlb we have nfl a lot of NFL, by the way. We have mm-hmm. fantasy football questions and a hint, a little sprinkle, if you will, of NBA. So there is a lot to cover. So, uh, But before we get into all that, Cody, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. I'm glad that we're back to here. Um, I don't want to say we went back to our ex. We just had to know what was important to us and then come back to uh, what was meaningful. And that's what we did. And so we're, You know what? We were in back. a relationship. Um, you know, we, we were, we went on a break. We went, we downloaded Tinder was on that for a day and we're like, you know what? I don't like it. I don't want to do this. I'm going to go back. So, Just realize that we lost. And we the convinced, best yeah. We convinced her to, to come back. So yeah, this is, I don't know why I keep making this analogy. I can't stop. It was a good one. Anyways, so I'm doing well, and uh, I think uh, I think uh, I can't stop. You know what I can't stop thinking of? I can't stop thinking of your game yesterday, Slugger. Um, Ooh, for those yeah. that don't know, uh, Andrew is uh, kind of a coach of a softball team, uh, which his, ne- uh, his uh, brother-in-law is on, and uh, yeah. he had an interesting uh, evening last night, and I get a text that said, dude, you should have been there. Uh, almost came to blows. No, we said, <laughs> said we almost threw hands. Almost threw hands. Just please tell tell those that don't know what what happened because it was okay. Well, it was great to hear about it. All right. Well, it'll. I'll try and make it quick here. Yes, my brother in law. He got a he got a team of his uh, former like you know uh, guys that he played with on the uh, on his high school uh, baseball team. Got a couple of guys from there. Got a couple of girls from the softball team. All of them basically all graduated the same year. They're all friends. And they said, hey, let's, let's you know, have a league together where we can still play together. So um, he got, got the team together. And um, <clears throat> the first week, he actually asked me and my wife to play. So we played 
Um, and that was the first time we had played in years, um, you know, due to kids and injuries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Jobs, you know, that, that kind of is important too in COVID. Uh, and then, um, you know, the second week he was like, Hey, um, you know, we don't, we won't need you. So you guys are good. So we just sat on the stands and it was actually the team that we played yesterday, but, um, they were kind of yelling at my brother-in-law constantly, constantly, constantly. And so my wife and I were like, we, I mean, we, they are like, they need to chill. So we were kind of like yelling back a little bit, like, Hey, why don't you calm down? Stuff like that. So we and then um, my brother-in-law after the game came back and was like, "Man, they were just like constantly bit, 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 like talking to them." And he was telling us stuff that we we didn't hear on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, "Well, shoot, man! Like, if you want us to like kind of like coach you, because that was the other issue that they were having was um, they were having issues with like, okay, there's a guy ball and a girl ball." You got to switch it every at bat because it has to go guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl. Um, and um, you have to have like, there's a certain time limit. So you got to have someone, you know, on, on the on deck circle, stuff like that. It's just like all technical stuff and no one really gives two craps about. Uh-huh. So we were like, okay, we'll help you out with it. So my wife and I had been doing it for a couple of weeks. And then this past week, um, my brother-in-law was like, Hey, we're short guys. Can you play? And I was like, yeah, I'll play. That's, that's fine. And he was like, I need you to play third base. And I was like, great. I haven't played third base since I was like 20 years old. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, I was playing, I actually did okay, uh, with catching my throwing. I was kind of struggling with a little bit in my hitting, but that's not the story. Uh, I'm just really upset about it and I need to get it out anyway. Um, so they were just like yelling again. Hey, we need the girl ball. Hey, we need the guy ball. And we're like, Hey, chill, like relax. Mm-hmm. We got it. We're, we're trying to find the ball. Just relax. Sorry. We don't have it like up in our pockets or something. <laughs> and so they're just constantly yelling at us. So we finally, my wife and I, we finally get fed up with it. We're like, Hey, relax we got it we understand okay we we're all here on the field we hear it we know it we know what's going on calm down so they're getting upset and you know they're they're getting mad that we're talking back to them my wife throws the ball and this picture has to bend over and get it god forbid this picture has to bend <laughs> over and get it so and he's a bigger guy and I'm not going to lie to you. I made fun of his weight a little bit later because I was getting really pissed off. But anyway, the shortstop on their team was like talking back as well. My wife threw it one time and it bounced up and he went and got it and he's getting all mad. So the shortstop says, Hey, why don't you throw it? But with a, throw it like that next time, but with a little less enthusiasm. And my wife said, Bet. And so my <laughs> wife then threw a lob up to the picture. Where then still one bounce, and I was like, God, this is great. And so they're getting all pissed off because we're doing it right back to them. And uh, so I was constantly, you know, talking to the picture, uh, talking to the catcher. We were just going back and forth, saying stuff. And uh, he then, uh, the picture had an at bat, and he deliberately, and I know he did, because this guy has, he, you can tell he's obviously played for years. He's mm-hmm. he hits directly at the picture, like line drive right at the picture. And so luckily our picture was young enough to where he was able to snag it and, and got him out. But um, 
we took exception to that. So we were just kind of going back and forth at them. And eventually the, the umpire had to like calm everyone down. It was like, hey, you guys need to cool it. And I was still yelling things from the dugout, of course, and from third base and saying that he's getting all peepees because he can't even freaking run or bend over and he keeps getting out. So, of course, he's going to be mad. And, uh, you know, my wife is, <laughs> she's on there like, all right, Andrew, you, we've got it now. So <laughs> there was a lot more that I can't really get into, but, uh, basically, yeah, we almost came to throwing hands and, and, uh, luckily it didn't, you know, they had to calm me down, but I did feel valid because first of all, my wife had my back. Of course I was like, I'm ready to fight. My wife's like, my back is hurting. I'm not ready to fight. And I was like, oh, now when it comes to blows, everyone is going to back away. Even my brother-in-law was like, I don't know. I think I hurt my back, too. And I was like, get out of here, you guys. You're 18 years old. Get They sound like they're from Clovis. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, whatever. Uh, But and then we went back. My father-in-law, he was uh, he was at the game, too. And uh, he was saying, he was like, yeah, those guys are a bunch of jerks. Like, they they deserve everything you guys were saying to them. And I was like, thank you. I really appreciate that. I felt like we, I felt like they did too. So anyway, it was, and we ended up losing. So I, I mean, of course that doesn't help. So, and I think we have to face them at least one more time. So I'm going to try and be on my best behavior. We were not going into it thinking that they, it was going to be like that. We actually went into it thinking that, okay, we'll just, you know, let it slide or whatever. But it was constant, man. It's yeah. every inning they were coming up and, hey, we need this. Hey, we need that. Blah, blah, blah. And we we're like, okay, this is enough. So, did and you guys have to shake their like, hands after? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how did. was that? Well, I was going to say something, but my wife talked me out of it. She was like, no, you better not. I, I, that's when we were talking about we're going to fight. Uh-huh. And she was all, no, I can't fight. And I was like, my God. I talk all this, and then I can't go up there and say anything. So anyway, um, but I'm, I'm glad, you know, it wasn't worth it. And, of course, too, I had my niece there who was supposed to spend the oh. night that night. Yeah. So it, it almost ended up where I was going to have to explain to my sister, hey, got in a fight at softball. <laughs> so luckily good. it didn't go there. But anyway, it was it was fun. I mean, it's good. It's good times. And I uh, just, you know, I don't like when, you know, 40 year olds are picking on 18 year old kids who yeah. are just learning how to play. And it's it's uh, obvious. It's obvious. So I was just getting frustrated and of course i'm the older guy on the team so i'm trying to back them up and trying to make sure that they know i have their back and yeah i was just like man this ain't it this ain't it you're good you're a good skip man you're a good skip so <laughs> yeah i would have been right, thrown well, out a long time ago <laughs> if we were well, mlb man i would have been thrown out early <laughs> well i appreciate you obliging me with this with the story and telling the telling the folks because i was dying when you were telling me so i just needed <laughs> to hear i needed everyone to hear what kind of shenanigans you get into on your free time so i know she's can't do anything oh my god <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the actual sports talk of it, Cody. Um, let's start with the MLB because there's a lot of NFL, and we're gonna that's gonna be majority of our show. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get right to that. Um, and really, there's really no questions, and we're gonna talk about 
the whole uh, as we just just before we got on the story came out about Fernando Tatis being suspended for 80 games but we are actually going to talk about that in the Drew take questions so uh, I'm going to hold off on that but let's do um, the uh, top five power rankings uh, my according to myself of course um, which I think is pretty accurate <laughs> of course <laughs> I do anyway um, so it's actually changed a little bit. Uh, there's someone new in the top five, um, and a few teams have kind of swapped a lot of places. So first and foremost, I still have the Dodgers number one. I really don't think I need to explain this any more than they have the best record in baseball. They look like the best team in baseball right now. Um, since the craziest stat that I had seen was, um, it was like six games after they traded for Joey Gallo they went six and zero, and the Yankees were zero and five, which was like, yeah. Holy cow. Joey Gallo wasn't hitting that on anything. Mm-hmm. And of course they make that stat to seem like, Oh, it's all Joey Gallo. But I mean, Joey Gallo had a home run. Uh, I believe it was yesterday uh, for the Dodgers. I think it was his first home run as a Dodger. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dodger fans were happy about that, but uh, I don't, I don't think I need to explain anything other than they keep winning and they're missing both of their top, two pictures so um you know say what you will but this is a freakishly good team and uh even without good pitching they can still win games so uh that's scary uh then you have the houston astros the houston astros have been on a freaking tear and actually right now i just looked at the odds uh justin verlander is the right now is the favorite to win the al cy young that's insane. This guy is, mm-hmm. he's what, 39, almost 40 years old, or he is 40. Um, and um, he is just, I mean, absolutely killing it in Houston. Did he kind just of, get back from Tommy John surgery last season? Yeah. So wow. he's, he's, he's been doing a real good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the benefit that Justin Verlander has is first, yeah, he had a year off, so he's kind of healthy, but also, um, he had a year off and a lot of like these newcomers haven't seen him. And the other thing is he he's a veteran. He's a guy who's done it for a long period of time. So he knows what he can do and what he can't do. You're already ahead of the hitter when you know your limits. Mm-hmm. When the hitter comes up and knows your limits, yes, that's important. But at the same time, if you know your limits and you know what he's looking for, he's looking for that mistake pitch that is your uh, you know, maybe your downfall, he's going to then know how to use it at the opportune moment. And that's what Justin Verlander has been doing all year long. And uh, crazy that they asked. I mean, Jordan Alvarez has been crushing balls. Kyle Tucker, um, just to name a few, they traded for Trey Mancini, which I love the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Trey Mancini, even though the Orioles are in a uh, are in a push for the playoffs right now. Um, but, uh, I love Trey Mancini. He's been one of my favorite ball players uh, for a long time. I try and get him like every year in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad he's on a team that has a chance to really possibly, um, at least get in the world series and possibly win it all. So, uh, then I have the New York Mets. Uh, again, I don't think I need to explain this. Uh, the Mets kind of had a slump for a little bit and the Astros have been on a tear. So that's why I have them over the Mets, but, the Mets are getting healthy. They just got mm-hmm. DeGrom back. They have Scherzer. Um, they have uh, – they're getting um, – uh, Chris Bassett is starting to look good. 
Um, Taiwan Walker has been kind of a surprise for me. Carlos Carrasco. I mean, their their rotation is ridiculous. Their their lineup is is strong. Uh, a lot of guys who make a lot of contact, so they put the ball in play. And you know, as my old batting coach has told me for years, uh, you put the ball in play, good things can happen. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and and that's what I have always, as a Giants fan, that's what I've always noticed. Uh, I have the Yankees at four. They really dipped. Um, and this is what I had predicted long ago. I felt like the Yankees were going to st- after the all-star break, I felt like they were going to kind of slow down a little bit. I didn't know that they were going to slow down this, this fast going over five right away. Yeah. Um, and they just lost today against the Yankees or against the Red Sox, um, in a walk-off fashion, uh, with Tommy Pham of all players. So, um, <laughs> Mr. Fantasy. You know, yeah. <laughs> So, and, oh, he, he might love our topics later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He might, he might uh, say that he wants his money back. I don't know. But anyway, um, so, you know, the Yankees, I mean, Aaron Judge is hitting home runs still. It's not like he's slowed down. It's the rest of the team that's slowed down. And I thought they got better. So this is a little bit of a concern. They're still very strong, still a good team. But that, that AL East is very tough and the Blue Jays are starting to surge. The Orioles I just mentioned, you know, the Red Sox aren't completely out of it. Rays are still in it. So this is a tough AL East. You cannot slump for too long. So the Yankees are going to have to get it together. Still mm-hmm. a strong team though. Uh, and then I have the Atlanta Braves rounding it out. Um, the Braves have been really good. They are starting to creep up again on the Mets. They're just slowly but surely making it. I still don't really love their bullpen. I still don't love their their starting rotation. It's their lineup that I really do enjoy. I think their lineup is, I mean, peaches. I mean, Matt Olson actually is getting really hot lately. Um, you know, Ronald Acuna is doing Ronald Acuna things. I mean, he's not still who he was, um, but he is still, you know, playing well. So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of uh, good – I mean, Austin Riley has been phenomenal this year. I mean, talk about a, a – at least top five, I would say top three NL MVP candidate right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Braves would be, would be the last, uh, in the top five here. Right on. Actually, um, just curious in the NL, which team do you think is a bigger threat to the Dodgers and preventing them getting to the world series? You think it's the Mets or do you think it is the Braves? Um, as much as I, you know, I, I still have my questions about the Mets. Um, you know, really the, the middle of their, of their bullpen is kind of, uh, worrisome. I do like Diaz as their, as their closer. I love, um, you know, their starting rotation, as I already said. Um, so, you know, I, I would have to go with the Mets though. Like, like I said, the Braves, I'm not really fond of their, their bullpen. I'm not really gung-ho about their starting rotation i think they have an okay starting rotation they're Mm -hmm. guys that can do it um but i it's not not guys that i would actually you know think that they're going to be able to do it you know or believe it you know what i mean like i would have to see it to believe in one of those types of things so for me the mets are are the scarier team in the nl um you know I, I, this is a strong team. I mean, as much as I would like to say, if the Padres were playing a little bit better, I would probably still say the Padres mm-hmm. just because their rotation can be great, um, way better than, uh, than at least the Braves. I mean, 
they could they could possibly rival the Mets when they're at their best, but the issue is they haven't been. And mm-hmm. so for me, the Mets, they're the strongest team right now. They're the scariest team for me. Um, and, um, you know, I think they're a team that, you know, you throw out DeGrom, he might not be, he's not going to be scared of the Dodgers rotation. You throw out Scherzer, he's not going to be scared of the Dodgers rotation. Mm-hmm. You throw out Bassett, I mean, he's not going to be afraid, but he might give up a few runs. But the Mets have a team where they can score some runs. So, yeah, uh, this rotation is really built where they could beat the Dodgers. Do I think so? I don't think so. I think yeah. maybe in a in a three in a three game uh, series in a like a wild card situation where you throw out Degrom, Scherzer, one two, and Bassett, um, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. That would be tough. You, all you have to do is win two. So Degrom yeah. and Scherzer, that is a good possibility you can win that. So, yeah. but if it's a seven game series, I'm still going with the Dodgers. No doubt. All right, run it by uh, one through five one more time. All right, one, I have the Dodgers. The number two is the Astros. Number three is the Mets. Number four are the Yankees. And rounding it out with five is Braves. Right on. All right, man, I think it's time for the good old uh, fantasy football since it's finally here. Preseason football was actually on today. Did you get to watch any of it? No, because I don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. So first off, did you did you see any highlights of Zach Wilson potentially tearing his ACL? Like he left his preseason game early. I haven't seen it. Okay. I heard. I've been seeing on Twitter all the reporters saying they fear it's an ACL. Yeah. Uh, Robert Sala came in, coming out and saying they said that the ACL is still intact, but they're going to wait to see the MRI. So uh, conflicting. Uh, conflicting stories right now, but really we won't. We probably won't know for sure until tomorrow. But from what I see all over Twitter, and of course Twitter is not real news, so how <laughs> I'm not really going to base. I'm not going to be like, oh, it's he's totally done. But according to Twitter, it looked bad, and it looked like he he tore his ACL. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's tough though. Every time I hear about someone's ACL, I'm like, oh, my knee. I know, same. All of a sudden, I feel I, it again. <laughs> I, I clench my left knee every time I hear that. <laughs> PTSD, man. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully not. I, you know what? As much as I'm not you know, thinking the Jets are going to do all that much, and we're going to talk about them later, um, I think they were still going to be somewhat competitive in most of their games because I don't think they have a terrible team. Right. I just, I'm not sure about Zach Wilson. And then with him being out... I think it's just that much worse. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately. For sure. All right. Let's uh, segue over to some fantasy football questions. Um, I'll start from the bottom and and we'll save the best for last, Drew. So uh, who are your top three underrated fantasy football players this season? Okay. So I'm going to start it with a receiver. Okay. And call me crazy. I don't care. I <laughs> really don't. Um, I, my first guy, I would say, is is a top three underrated player for this year mm-hmm. um, would be Russell Gage uh, going to the Buccaneers. Uh, he was on a very bad Falcons team. Uh, the Falcons then lost Calvin Ridley to the whole year. And the Falcons were left with Matt Ryan, a absolute crap of an offensive line. And, um, you know, somewhat of an okay running back. And then you had a couple of good receivers here and there. And 
Russell Gage kind of emerged as, as one of a go-to player. Um, and he was putting up good fantasy numbers. I remember I, I picked him up in a couple of my fantasy leagues, and he was really consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. Could I always um, rely on him to get those you know 20 burgers? Not all the time, but he was he was pretty consistent. And so, if I needed to, you know, spot start him in certain leagues or certain times, I would I would put him in there. So, um, you know, but now he's going to a Buccaneers team, and I know what everyone's thinking. Well, hold on, he's going against Julio Jones. He's going against uh, Mike Evans. He's going to go against um, whoever's going to be the tight end. Who I don't know who's the number one tight end is going to be in. Tampa Bay either I mean it's always either OJ Howard or Braid or whoever else I don't know mm-hmm. but um I think Russell Gage is going to emerge as the go-to guy because he is a slot receiver Tom Brady is notorious for going to the slot receivers he is a guy who ha- has proven that he, on a bad team he can be reliable so when he's on a great team he's going to be even that much more reliable and then you have guys like Mike Evans, who everyone's always afraid of. I think Mike Evans is a little overrated in my opinion. I'm not going to go into it because it's not, you know, what we're doing. But mm-hmm. I think Mike Evans, Tom Brady doesn't necessarily trust him all that much. And, of course, Julio Jones coming in, he's going to probably trust Julio Jones, in my opinion, maybe a little more. Because mm-hmm. Julio, when he is playing, he's one of the best receivers in the game. But, unfortunately, he's just been riddled with injuries. Mike Evans, he hasn't been as dominant, in my opinion, as like a Julio Jones. So I feel like he's going to go Julio Jones. And even when he had Chris Godwin and Gronkowski, he really wasn't looking to Evans as much. I, Mm -hmm. you know, there was my wife was um, when she was drafting uh, in one of our leagues, she was like, oh, should I should I get Mike Evans? And I was like, I wouldn't. He just for he'll have like three games where he's getting like 26 points and you're like, Oh my God, this is great. And then he's going to have five games where he's getting maybe five points and you're like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. And so he's to me is a lot of high and low. He's not really like consistent enough for me. And I think that's where Russell Gage is going to come in. He's going to be the consistent guy. He's going to be the the go-to receiver when they're on a, you know, third and five, it's going to be Russell Gage. When they're on a third and eight, I feel like it's going to be more Russell Gage. The longer, t- you know, the longer downs where it's like a third and 10, third and 15, something, then I think you're going to see more Evans or Julio Jones if Julio mm-hmm. Jones can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, but even if he can, I still believe in Russell Gage. So to me, Russell Gage would be my first uh, underrated player this season. Gotcha. I think uh, my first underrated player, I would say, is Matt Ryan. I don't know if that's really underrated, but I would say, like, if you're looking to, you know, kind of wait out in the later rounds to get a quarterback, I think Matt Ryan is probably a really good choice. He didn't have the greatest a season in Atlanta, but he still, you know, what had some fantasy upsides slightly. But I think he's in a better situation, better offensive line. I think his weapons are a little bit, uh, are a little younger, and they've been together for a while. And now that I think this is the third season in the Frank Reich um, regime. Uh, I think these young receivers will have a have a pretty good connection with uh, Matt Ryan, and also too that Indianapolis Colts defense will really help uh, you know keep leads and they won't let things get too out of control like Atlanta did, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So I would actually say that Matt Ryan is a pretty solid quarterback choice, or at least to have as a a backup, maybe a uh, you know matchup starter type of sense. I would say that he would be my first underrated player. All right. 
So my number two underrated player, uh, I'm going to go with the running back in this one. This, to me, I kind of debated on whether I should put him just because he is on the Los Angeles Rams team. But I went with Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm saying that is I feel like it is really misunderstood of how good he was really playing. He was still injured in the Super Bowl. Like, he wasn't 100% healthy. I know the cliche, please spare me with this, with the whole everyone's hurt at the Super Bowl. Everyone's hurt at this time. Okay, well, this guy was going through a major injury, okay, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, But the other thing is Matthew Stafford with the whole elbow injury, it could be a Tommy John-type situation that he has. We don't know. Like, the Rams are kind of being semi-quiet about it. Um, But I feel like with that, you're going to see a lot of Cam Akers uh, with the Rams, at least early on in the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Later in the season, depending on where they are, that's going to determine whether they're going to have to pass more or run more. But I do feel like Sean McVay really relies on his running backs early and then tries to let the quarterback kind of get into a groove going into the playoffs. But Cam Akers not only is a good running back, but he is a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's good at it. Um, and he can put up points that way as well. So for me, underrated, in my opinion, I don't feel like it's being talked about. We're talking about Allen Robinson. We're talking about Matthew Stafford. We're talking about, you know, potentially OBJ, Cooper Cup, of course. Yeah, You know, guys like that. We're not really bringing up Cam Akers, who was – somewhat of a star in the Super Bowl. I know that could be controversy too, but he was he came up big in a lot of situations in the Super Bowl and and Cam Akers to me is is an underrated player. So Cam Akers, my second underrated player. Okay. Well I'll stick on the same running back theme and I'll actually go with our Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm gonna say that I think an underrated player that people should probably stash is actually Zamir White. Um, you know, he got a lot of touches in preseason. He's gotten a lot of reviews out of uh, Raiders camp. Uh, you know, we got him in the fourth round out of Georgia, and he's a power runner. He's got a lot of speed, pretty good hands. And I'm also, and this is kind of like a foreshadowing to our one of our Drew Tate questions. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes over the second rotation in the, in the running back, um, you know, depth chart or even be starter at some points just because I think that Josh McDaniels and the Raiders really love Zamir White to the point to where like don't be surprised if he ends up being the starter Josh Jacobs sometimes has health issues he he remained fairly healthy majority of last season but he has missed some games for injury um you know Kenyon Drake is coming off of a pretty big injury and so he will um he will need some time to recover but yeah. um you know, I think Zamir White is a player that people, you know, think about stashing him. You never know. He'll probably have some pretty good games. And that Raiders uh, uh, O-line, even though it's a little bit banged up, that zone blocking scheme that they've instilled looked really good in the first preseason. And again, it's preseason, so we're going to taper expectations. But just the fact yeah. of that culture, that offense, it's just it's on another level than what we're used to. And so I would say Zamir White is somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah. Kudos to you because Zamir White is going to be the James White, um, you know, James White, obviously, who just retired. But James White is going or Zamir White is going to be the James White in this um, 
in this offense because Josh McDaniels obviously coming from New England. He's going to want to keep that similar system because it has worked. And I think you could say that Josh Jacobs is better is has gotten better at pass catching, but I think you'd rather have him run the football because when he's running the football, he is just dangerous. And that way you can throw in another guy who is a pass catcher. That is originally why they got Kenyon Drake. And to your credit, of course, he did get hurt late in the year. So we don't know when um, he's actually going to come back. I mean, it kind of seems like he may come back early in the year, but still Zamir white is a really good rookie. He's a young guy. He's got, um, He's coming out of Georgia, who mm-hmm. um, had like a four <laughs> four uh, rotation running back system going. So obviously, uh, I followed a lot of Georgia running backs this year because uh, one of the guys actually came from Buchanan High School, which is you know right down the street from us here in in Fresno. So um, you know he's he's a local boy who's now he's going to be like number one, number two on the depth chart this year, which you know. Watch some Georgia football. He's a good running back. Anyway, Kendall Milton, if, you, right if you're interested. Anyway, um, so uh, Zamir White is a guy who he's going to be prior. The priority for him in this offense this year is going to be pass catching. So yeah. um, I, I think you're absolutely on to something there. But I would have to say temper expectations a little bit if you are going to stash him because it would either if he's going to get a few more run plays you know, Josh Jacobs is going to have to be hurt or Kenny Drake is going to have to be, you know, out for a little while. So if, yeah. if not, then they're going to just kind of use Josh Jacobs a little bit more. Gotcha. All right. Who's your uh, third underrated player? Third and final guy. I had to go with the quarterback situation and I'm going to stick with the Raider theme. I'm going with Derek Carr. He's underrated. May, you think he so? is underrated because okay. exactly what Colin Cowherd had to say this year or this, yeah. uh, this week was, there's like being put as like, you know, number 12, number 13. Not only did he uh, beat the chargers to go into the playoffs and everyone talking about Justin Herbert, he's making all these incredible throws. Look at Herbert here. Look at Herbert there. Oh, if only they had a defense. Can we talk about Derek Carr in that game too? Give me a break guys. Derek Carr lost his best receiver and uh, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs was finally emerging as the guy that we thought he was going to be last year. Mm-hmm. He came out in this year, and he was absolutely falling and unfortunately got in trouble and, and uh, probably won't see the light of day, unfortunately. But, um, you know, then they had to go with uh, a hurt Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. All year long, he could not stay healthy. Then the, the offensive line was really beat up last year. Yeah. Josh Jacobs was beat up. Kenyon Drake went down. I mean, Hunter Renfro was really the only receiver we had that was actually healthy. Zay Jones was a nice uh, compliment to Renfro and was making a few plays where you had to kind of keep him honest. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, Derek Carr had to find ways to win. And what did he do? He found ways to win. Now you've upgraded him. You've gotten the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams, the best slot receiver in football. Yes, I said that right. Hunter Renfro, the, in my opinion, number two, number three, best tight end in the NFL in Darren Waller. And then the offensive line is looking like it could be beat up a little bit. But now you're adding, yes, Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, Samir White. When Kenyon Drake comes back, 
you're giving so many weapons. And in my opinion, I feel like we've gotten better on defense. I think um, a lot of people are underrating it because they're like, well, it's a lot, a lot of no-name guys. But Devontae Adams, uh, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, all these guys who are seeing Nate Hobbs on the other side, they're praising this guy. They're like, this guy yeah. is phenomenal. He's going to be a, a problem in the league. And so, and he was a problem last year. I mean, he was, yeah. he came up a lot. He's probably lot one of, of our best defenders. Yeah. And so I think this, this defense is getting underrated, but anyway, Derek Carr, I think, yes, he is being underrated because a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, he only threw 23 touchdowns and 14 only and 14 picks. It's not a great touchdown to interception ratio. Look at what he went through. Yeah. I mean, come on now. So when you talk about Derek Carr this year, I, I'm going to put it down now. I think this is going to be Derek Carr's first 30 touchdown year. And I don't think it's going to be even kind of close. I think he's going to have it by like week 15. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Um, I can't, I mean, Derek Carr's our guy. So I'm actually surprised that you're categorizing him as underrated. But I think, I think that's because us as being Raider fans, we, we see what he's done and uh, you know, everyone in the league recognizes him as a good player and as a good quarterback. And it's those that are on the outside that don't, don't think they see it. But with all that he's gone through, I think Colin Cowherd pointed out best in eight years, he's gone through six coach or six OCs, three head coaches. It's some weird number. And yet he's learned, mastered all the systems and he still makes the Raiders competitive. So definitely something there. Uh, My third and final one, this is actually uh, for, uh, so these questions were kind of inspired by uh, my cousin Nick. Drew, as you know, he's a fan of the show. Shout uh, out, Nick. AKA Xbox uh, Dad559. He uh, he basically asked us to do some fantasy content, which is what I texted you about. So my third and underrated player, this is for you, Nick. Uh, Jerry Judy, um, I think is a wide receiver. People should think about drafting with uh, Russell Wilson now being uh, their primary quarterback. Obviously, that's a huge upgrade. And the Broncos are going to be a threat in the AFC West, no doubt. They have a really good defense with a probably top five secondary in the NFL on paper. Uh, Not to mention, they still have Bradley Chubb that is uh, dangerous on the outside. Um, And then you add a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who I think will elevate this offense. And they have an offensive-minded head coach. And I think Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson will find that chemistry pretty early. And, you know, you and I drew uh, back in, I think it was the draft of 2020 or 2019 when Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs were both drafted. You and I actually wanted Jerry Judy over Ruggs at the time because we liked his route tree a lot more. We liked his speed, even though Ruggs was faster, we still felt like, you know, with the hands, the routes that Jerry Judy is able to do. Um, we thought that that was a better result than Henry Ruggs. Um, I still think that Jerry Judy is going to be a pretty big wide receiving star once he finds a quarterback that could find that can get him the ball because his last two quarterbacks uh, were Drew Locke and um, Teddy Bridgewater. So it's not, you know, those quarterbacks aren't the greatest to help develop a, a young receiver that needs a good quarterback to be throwing him the ball. So I think that Jerry Judy is going to have a pretty good year uh, coming up. And I think he's a breakout player. And I think he's underrated in this sense because people are probably looking at Jerry Judy thinking that he's a potential bust. But I don't think people are thinking about the quarterbacks that he's had. You know, he's getting a new offense that's more tailored towards, uh, you know, receiver friendly as it came from the Packers organization. 
So I think Jerry Judy is a is an underrated player, and he's my third one in this uh, in this topic. All right, Cody, all potent stuff, man. <laughs> all right, so let's go into our do not draft top three list here. Don't draft him. Don't let someone else make the mistake. Okay. And um, Cody, I was telling you uh, as we were messaging on our Marco Polo this week, um, I always do this in my head when I'm at a Mm -hmm. draft. Any draft I'm at, I always have like, usually I have like 10 guys (laughs) to be honest, but I, I have these guys in my head where like, okay, I'm not going to get them. If they drop in like four rounds and they're still there, then I, then I'll think about getting them. But, um, you know, uh, I usually have a list in my head of guys I'm not going to even mess with because I've either been burned by them before I see them consistently dropping, but yet the media is talking about how good they are still or whatever. So Mm -hmm. those are guys that I definitely try and avoid. So this is one of those topics that I really, really like doing. So Cody, I'm going to let you kick it off here. Uh, Who is your first uh, do not draft player? First do not draft player for me. It's actually um, my favorite quarterback because I said he was top 10 years ago. Ryan Tannehill. As I mentioned when we did our, uh, I think it was our (laughs) AFC South predictions, I think. I hate you. I I said that the Ryan Tannehill experiment was over. I really, I believe that's true. I think he's going to have a lackluster season. He doesn't have the offensive weapons he had last season. Yes, they have Robert Woods, and I can't even remember the receiver that they drafted. Um, I think they drafted him in the in the early rounds. But regardless, though, I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to have a struggle. Um, it's going to be a pressure-type season for him. And uh, I do see like Malik Willis being placed in the starting lineup because I think what will end up happening is the Titans are going to get to a point where they're out of playoff contention, out of wildcard contention. Because in my opinion, if the Titans don't finish with 11 to 12 wins they're not getting into the playoffs because i think the colts are better than them and i think every other team in the afc specifically out of the west will probably have a better record than the titans so the titans i don't see them getting a wild card and i think what will end up happening is at some point in the season maybe it's a little bit past halfway maybe i don't know after thanksgiving i see the titans making a quarterback change because they're out of contention and they want to get willis the the experience the starting reps it go from there. So I would say if you are, you know, somebody that is a Ryan Tannehill fan, don't draft Ryan Tannehill, avoid him. Let somebody else take him. I don't think he's the quarterback that you guys want to go for, uh, for this upcoming, uh, fantasy season. Okay. So I will, uh, I'll stick with the theme of the quarterbacks. I am going to go my overrated or do not draft list is going to go with Dak Prescott. I'm over Dak. Okay. I'm over him. Listen, I like him as a dude. I think he's a really solid uh, quarterback. Listen, no one thought he was going to be what he ended up being. Not saying he's a terrible quarterback, not saying that at all, but I think he is a little overhyped. I don't think he does what everyone says that he's doing. Is he a great leader? He's absolutely a great leader. He is a guy that you want on your team, but, you are not going to be successful when you lose your best receiver last year. Amari Cooper was their best receiver. Mm -hmm. I mean, what he had eight touchdowns. What are you going to replace that with eight touchdowns? You just lost what, who was it? James Washington. 
mm-hmm. he was supposed to replace that eight touchdowns. I mean, maybe he could have, but I, yeah. I mean, he's not going to be as effective as what Amari Cooper was. Uh, and Cooper was, was out earlier in the year. So I just want to say that Dak Prescott, as much as I like him as a guy, I don't think he is a fantasy option. I think he at best is going to be a backup quarterback for you in fantasy football. Listen, you Ezekiel Elliott has gone way downhill. Tony Pollard has been playing better than Prescott, but um, Prescott than um, Elliott. But now that offensive line is getting worse, and now you've lost, like I said, Amari Cooper. Uh, you're really relying heavily on C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. And I like C.D. Lamb. I'm not saying he's terrible. And I'm not saying that the Cowboys aren't going to win games. We already did the NFC East. But I will say this. Dak Prescott, he's going to be under pressure a lot more. And from what I have witnessed and what I have watched on film, he is not a guy who likes the pressure. You can say that about every quarterback. I get it. But listen, there are guys who don't like pressure but can still make throws. And Dak Prescott, to me, is not really one of those guys. He is a guy who would rather just throw it away, which is usually good. But when Mm -hmm. you need a first down on third down, uh, he is a guy who just kind of gives up on a play, unfortunately. And now he tries to run a lot still. And it's like, dude, you've been hurt before. You can't really do it as much. And it's unfortunate to see because... I think he's a really good guy. He's a great leader, like I said. So, Dak Prescott, for me, do not draft this year. Man, I was shocked when you said it, but your points are pretty interesting and pretty valid. It's hard to to argue against it because I actually, I think it was, I can't remember if it was last season or two seasons ago, I actually did draft Dak, and it kind of screwed me over. So, yeah, I kind of feel that sentiment now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so my my second player to avoid now this player had a breakout season uh respectfully last season with a really terrible team in the Atlanta Falcons and I'm talking about Cordell Patterson. Um I don't think he's going to duplicate the same fantasy production, the same target share, anything like that in this upcoming season. I think with a change in quarterback, obviously a uh, change in the offense, I don't see him being the feature player or like the Debo Samuel type player. Um, he is getting a little bit older. I see injuries kind of maybe derailing that. Um, you know, he's a fine player. I mean, he was a Raider once before as a return specialist, and he was great. He even uh, had a couple of great touchdowns when uh, Derek Carter was throwing him the ball. But I don't see him carrying that same production as last season because last season he carried a lot of folks to the championship, and I just don't see that happening again. So I'm going to say Cordell Patterson is a player you guys are going to want to avoid this season. Um, so is that your receiver or is that your running back? <laughs> you can, I'm trying to stick with the team the flex. here. He's the flex option. <laughs> oh, man. That's not helping me, Cody. So <laughs> I'm actually going to go with, and you know what? I'm kind of surprised I'm saying this, but I, I feel like it is because um, of who his quarterback is. I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson. Um, I, I'm not going to draft him this year. You, you have, um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, you have, um, his younger version in himself <laughs> and, um, what's his name? The guy who was just drafted from Pittsburgh. Can he pick it? Yeah. Can he pick it? Um, 
I, I really, I mean, I have no, and then, or Mason Rudolph. Listen, I think Deontay Johnson is a good player. I'm not saying that I, again, it's one of those things where I'm not saying he's a terrible player, but I do think he benefited from a, whether you like, listen, I was, I was a little bit higher on Ben Roethlisberger than he ended up being. I think mm-hmm. you were a lot lower on Ben Roethlisberger than what he ended up being. I think, you know, he kind of ended yeah. up in the middle of, of what we thought, but say what you will about Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He really didn't have uh, an arm anymore and he was kind of breaking down as a player, but overall he's still a smart quarterback. He knows where to throw the football with Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's, he's good. I I think he's fine. But what we saw with Trubisky in Chicago was if he doesn't really have his, you know, his go-to guy or really doesn't have, you know, a, a great offensive line, he's not going to be very great. I mean, he's not what you need. He's an okay yeah. starter. Uh, he can get you through a year if you need him. He can be that bridge quarterback, which is what I think they're going to be doing. And I think with that, Deontay Johnson is not going to be fantastic. I mean, his first year with Pittsburgh, he wasn't, you know, he didn't really get too much. He was still targeted quite often. He was targeted 92 times in his rookie year in 20, uh, 2019. And then in 2020, uh, played 15 games, 88 catches, 144 targets, 923 yards, 7 TDs. And then last year with a Ben Roethlisberger who – not great, had 107 receptions, 169 targets, 1,161 yards, and eight touchdowns. And that is, like I said, with a breaking down Ben Roethlisberger. So you're going from Ben Roethlisberger, who, say what you will, he's one of the smarter quarterbacks in the NFL, and now he's gone. And now you're going to Mitchell Trubisky, who was a backup last year in Buffalo. I mean... I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I'm going to stay away from Deontay Johnson. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong and I'll live with it. But to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, I feel like I'm on the right side on this one. I really don't like uh, Deontay Johnson uh, this year. I, I'm going to stay away from him in all leagues. All right. So before I get to my third player to avoid, we actually have a question regarding um, a fantasy trade so i'm gonna put it up for you drew so this one asked um if he gets if he accepts a trade for ezekiel robin woods and uh alvin Kamara, should he accept it no i would not because yeah. elliot and they the cowboys have already proven that they don't trust elliot they're putting out good uh pr with him they're saying oh he looks great he looks like he's super healthy now he's been running really good Listen, that's all fluff because when they need to trade him, they're going, they will do it in a heartbeat. I don't yeah. think they're going to be able to, to be honest, but um, you know, they're going to want to probably play a lot more of Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Woods is on Tennessee now who you just said, Ryan Tannehill, you don't really think he's going to do great. Maybe Malik Willis will come in and, and do something good, but you know, it may be too little, too late type of a thing. And Robert Woods has kind of started to get hurt a little bit more. And yeah. uh, that's what I, I'm a little worried about. Now, Alvin Kamara has had his issues in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But what we know is he's the back. Yeah. They might throw in Ingram a couple of times, but Kamara is their guy. 
and now you've added, you know, you got Michael Thomas back. You you added Jarvis Landry, uh, Chris Olave in the draft. So they got a lot of weapons, and that is going to open a lot of that field to Alvin Kamara. So yeah. uh, I would keep Kamara in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that too. All right, so the third player that I would recommend – that you avoid drafting. This is actually continuing with receiver. And ironically, I also wrote down Deontay Johnson as one of mine too, but I'm not oh. going to, I'm hold on. I'm not going to use him. This receiver. Oh. I think that everyone should avoid at least in this season is DK Metcalf of the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the reason why is simply their quarterback play, their offensive line. It is atrocious. I would not sacrifice a draft pick on DK Metcalf or on Tyler Lockett, but specifically DK Metcalf. He's a young receiver. He will probably show some flashes and uh, he will get some stats. I'm not going to say that they'll never, he'll never catch a pass or anything, but if you're going to spend a third or fourth round pick, maybe even a fifth round pick at the latest to get DK Metcalf, save that, get a different receiver. You know, if Allen Robinson is still hanging out there, I would choose Allen Robinson over DK Metcalf. Um, I think that's a way better value for your pick, but I would avoid DK Metcalf. Who's he, who's thrown him the ball, either, uh, drew lock, who had a pretty good receiving core in Denver, uh, in, you know, Sutton, Patrick, uh, even Judy in his rookie season couldn't do nothing with them. Uh, Geno Smith has been in the league for a numerous amounts of years and he has not panned out. I think he's just been in Seattle because he's another mobile quarterback. He's been in Pete Carroll's offense for, a long time, but even when he filled in for Russ during uh, Russ uh, Wilson's injury, he wasn't very effective as a passer. He wasn't fantasy relevant. I think he finished a couple of games in the negative. So I would avoid DK Metcalf. He's not going to be worth a late round draft pick. I, if, I mean, if he goes undrafted or he's on the waiver, take a flyer if you want to week to week, but I'm not wasting a draft pick on him with the situation that's going on in Seattle. So he, that would be my third player to avoid in this draft. Are you kidding me? Drew Locke is the truth, buddy. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, Drew, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just need some gum. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, I I agree with you. I Last year, I was kind of off of DK because he's kind of that big game play. And if he doesn't get that, you know, 70-yard touchdown or whatever, um, you know, he's got great speed. Yeah, he's yeah. Kind of his hands haven't been great. Um, I think he did really benefit from Russell Wilson though, and yeah. and uh, I, I I I got to shout out uh, Backseat Podcast because they've been kind of trashing Russell Wilson. They're putting him at like eleven, which yeah. I think is absolutely insane. I mean, say what you will, but Russell Wilson is a winner. I mean, this guy. Yeah. Look at what we're saying about the Seahawks when Russell Wilson left. They went from like a seven and nine, seven and ten team to like everyone's like maybe three wins. <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me? So Russell Wilson, come on, let's give him a little bit of respect. I mean, he's, he's borderline top five, if not in your top five, I, I don't see how not, but anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, I would agree with you on that. My third and final guy is actually, I think this might surprise a lot. And uh, JCJ, uh, yeah. I appreciate your question, by the way. Uh, you know, I hope I hope we gave you valid information, and I hope it doesn't screw you. <laughs> Watch Kamara's gonna get hurt, and he's gonna be like, "God dang it!" No <laughs> kidding, he's gotta remember this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm gonna go with Saquon Barkley. I'm not touching him with a ten foot pole because 
I I don't trust him anymore. His yeah. rookie year, he was phenomenal. Thirteen over thirteen hundred rushing yards, eleven touchdowns. What did he do in the following year? He got hurt, missed three of those games, uh, barely got to a thousand yards. He was three yards over a thousand yards, and he only had six touchdowns. And then in the average is a, what was worrisome to me. Mm-hmm. He went from a, a 5.0 average in his rookie year to a 4.6, which is still good. I mean, I'm not saying that's trash, but you got to put it in perspective of he had a lot fewer attempts and he was injured for three of those games. And a lot of those games <laughs> towards the end really didn't matter in the Giants. Then you yeah. talk about 2020 year, which was, listen, it was only two games. He had 19 attempts, but his average was 1.8. Yes, he got injured, but he was not injured before those numbers came up. So what I'm saying here, and he had no touchdowns in those two games. Now he got hurt, obviously, I think it was early in the second game, but it was a little worrisome already. Then last year, he came back off of injury, still got injured again, missed three or uh, missed four games there, and um, only had 593 rushing yards. His average was a 3.7, which is still okay, but he only had 162 attempts and two touchdowns. He was not who he had been. So in my opinion, Saquon Barkley, I'm not trusting him. He's not a great pass catcher either. He doesn't put up big numbers. His Mm -hmm. first year, again, he did. His, His first year, he got 91 catches. His second year, he only caught 52, and he only missed three games. That's a huge... That's almost 40 passes. That's 39 passes that you all of a sudden just lost in three games. Yeah. That's a huge number. Um, And then last year, um, he only had 41 catches. And granted, yes, I understand, you know, it's, it's Daniel Jones. How can you? Okay. But that's, that's my point. We're talking about this year. If Daniel Mm -hmm. Jones is your quarterback, I'm not touching Saquon Barkley. And to be honest, that offensive line isn't really making me, you know, lick my lips here. Uh, It's it's mediocre at best right now. Um, And um, I I just don't think Barkley Barkley has what he had before his injury. I mean, no doubt. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, a lot, he, he has the most promise, I think, but he has the biggest question mark with the team quarterback line, just as you mentioned. So I can't disagree with that, man. All right. I got one last one before we go to break Drew. So if you and your fantasy league had the number one pick, who are you picking out of Jonathan Taylor, Cooper cup, Christian McCaffrey, or are you picking somebody else with the number one pick? I would, let me preface it by this. I would still think Christian McCaffrey, possibly. I would still look at him. But if I'm looking at the other players and then literally anyone else, um, I think if you're the first, if you're the number one pick, you got to go with someone who you can rely on. Last year, I had a number one pick in one league. I don't even remember which league it was. And I drafted Christian McCaffrey, and Mm -hmm. he was phenomenal until he got hurt. So, I mean, it was worth it until then. <laughs> so yeah. you got to go with, I think this year I would go with someone who's more reliable. And I think someone who's going to really benefit with a new addition. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, not only has one of the best offensive lines in the game right now, 
They just got Matt Ryan, who I think is a complete upgrade over Phillip Rivers, uh, who I've never been high on. I don't think Phillip Rivers – I mean, Phillip Rivers was a was a good quarterback. I don't think he was a great quarterback. Um, and you've you've and he was at the down uh, down trajectory of his career when he came to Indianapolis. Um, <clears throat> and then last year you had Carson Wentz who completely fell apart against the Raiders and Jaguars, which was really weird. But uh, we appreciate mm-hmm. it, Wentz. Uh, <laughs> and so now you have Matt Ryan, who you know Matt Ryan. Say what you will. I mean, there are going to be people who don't like Matt Ryan as much as Phillip Rivers, and I'm not here to debate that. That's fine. I like Matt Ryan a lot. I would, if I had to pick Matt Ryan in his prime and Phillip Rivers in his prime, I would pick Matt Ryan. And I think Matt Ryan really suffered last year with a really terrible offensive line. And we don't talk about this enough. The Atlanta Falcons were kind of starting on a, were starting to win in late last year. Was it too little too late? Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they were kind of making a push. So for me, I am definitely going to go with uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's not only benefiting from a great offensive line, but is going to be benefiting from a smart, veteran, good quarterback. Uh, I really, really like. Um, I really like Jonathan Taylor. So if my first pick, I'm going Jonathan Taylor. I can respect it. I think I'm going to go a little bit outside <laughs> the box, just because this fantasy season has some different energy about it. So I would say I would take a flyer and I would take the risk and I would go Cooper cup just because of how we saw Matthew Stafford's connection with him, the Rams offense. Uh, You know, obviously Cooper cup has been in Sean McVay's offense. I think his entire career, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I mean, the type of production Cooper cup had was definitely never to be seen from a wide receiver. But I think too, is what even if he had a, a down season, supposedly, that is still probably number one or at least top five receiving production, which, you know, you need at least a, a top five, maybe even a top three receiver or running back to really have a good have a good team. And I think if you take a chance on Cooper Cup, especially with PPR style leagues, which is, I think, what everyone kind of does now with yeah. the amount of receptions and yards and touchdowns that Cooper Cup can get basically just on any team in the NFC West, let alone the entire league. I think right then and there, I, I think you can take a chance on Cooper cup and, and uh, it would probably serve you well just because of the amount of production you can probably get in Sean McVay's offense. Absolutely, man. Um, I don't hate it. I'm just a little worried about Matthew Stafford's elbow. That's the only reason I wouldn't go first pick, but I can respect it. I, I mean, Cooper cup, some people are saying he's the best receiver in the league right now and I'm not going to debate it right now, but um, you know, I would just be a little worried about Stafford. That's why I went with Taylor. He's a little more of a sure thing as of right now. Yeah. My for sure. So, all right, let's take that break, sir. All right. Let's do it. Long. We'll be right back. You guys, man, we are back. I was just, sorry. I was just watching the giants game and Evan, Ling- Evan Longoria scored from first. Oh my God. That is shocking. Anyway, uh, he's usually really, really slow. <laughs> Good one. Hey, we're we're beating the pirates. Yeah. All Who right. Cares? Anyway, uh, we should beat them. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's talk football, Cody. Um, let's do it. So, um, we have been doing our NFL predictions, and uh, we are now on to the AFC East. 
This is going to be insane. Um, I think you're going to you're going to disagree with me on a couple of these, I, I believe. But we'll see. This is going to be enticing, sir. So uh, what we've been doing is we tell you who are four team, three team, two team, and then we go to our number one team and the records and why. So, Cody, why don't you kick it off? AFC East, who is the fourth place team in the AFC East and why? So the fourth place team I have in the AFC East, if you're in the Boston and New England area, you're not going to like this, but I have the New England Patriots finishing in fourth place at five and 12. They don't even have a offensive coordinator that they could name without sounding very coy or very shady like, which is kind of ironic to say about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. But, uh, you know, their defense is very good. Their offense I think is has taken a step back. Obviously, um, you know, you have Mac Jones. Um, there's rumors that they're looking to shop uh, Damian Harris, who had, I thought, a breakout season last year, and they're already looking to shop him, which is kind of surprising. Um, you know, you lose a coordinator, like, in my opinion, like a, a Josh McDaniels, and I think, you know, you're not going to improve, <laughs> to say the least. You're probably hoping to just maintain, but I think bringing in Matt Patricia and Joe judge to kind of be offensive consultants, <laughs> not the greatest of moves. So I think Bill Belichick is just basically trying to get a high draft pick before he bounces. And I see the new England Patriots being a five and 12 team. Okay. Well, I disagree with that, but <laughs> uh, man, oh man. Um, <laughs> That was kind of shocked me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no. a, little, a little taken back by it, but um, I'm going to go with the safe bet. I'm going to go with the New York Jets at number four. Okay. I have them at three and fourteen. Um, wow. Listen, I, I actually fourteen. Yes, I do. Um, I I don't I don't think they're all that bad, but especially with Zach Wilson, we we don't know what his injury is going to be. Like I said, um, and then I also really don't. <laughs> I'm not too keen on this on this defense as much as everyone's talking about it. Like, I don't know. I think their their defensive line is okay. I think their linebacking core is okay. They they get injured quite a bit. Their secondary is kind of sus, and mm-hmm. um, and then their offensive line is not good. Um, <clears throat> their running back situation again is. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I don't really like the running backs. They, they lost Jamison Crowder. I, you know, yes, they got Garrett Wilson in the draft, who I, I really do like. But uh, honestly, I, I just I think this Jets team with Robert Sala as the head coach, I, I think he's way over his head in head coaching. I just don't think he really ex- understood what it entailed. And so um you know, I, I, I just am a little worried about uh, about the Jets overall being mm-hmm. like staying close knit as a team. And like I said, especially the Zach Wilson thing, it's going to be a little worry. But I do think they have kind of a rough schedule. I mean, say what you will about the AFC East. I do think it is fairly tough. Um, I don't think New England is going to be that bad. But I do think that they're going to be able to at least hold their own. I mean, at least knowing Bill Belichick and his teams, they're going to have a solid defense. Um, I really like the Dolphins. I think they're going to be really good. And then you have Buffalo Bills, who, 
you know, are a lot of people's favorites to get into the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. um, this is the, I mean, they face all those teams twice. So that's already half of your season basically. Uh, but they face teams like, you know, Green Bay, um, you know, you really like Detroit. I think Detroit is, is going to be a tough one. Uh, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, um, those are some tough teams. And then they do see like Denver and Seattle. So we'll see how those go. But I, I'm just not really sure about the jets. And I think with Robert Sala, like I said, I just think he's way over his head in, in the head coaching situation. So jets are my number four team. So Cody, who is your number three team and why? So my number three team is the New York Jets. I actually have them finishing at a seven and 10 record. I actually think that if Zach Wilson doesn't, isn't seriously injured to the point of missing the entire season. So this is, this is contingent on assuming Zach Wilson is healthy. So that's, this is a big if, but if Zach Wilson is healthy, I think that this team could potentially get to seven and 10. I don't think they're getting in the playoffs. I don't think they'll get to 500. Uh, I do think that uh, Robert Sala is basically coaching for the last season, unless they make the playoffs, this is probably it. But, uh, you know, I do think that Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, they've got some pretty good uh, young pieces in there. They did have to sign Dwayne Brown because they did last, I think his name is Belch, Belch, Belchnik. I can't remember. I can't pronounce his name clearly. So Mackay Becton. Becton. There it is. Excuse me, guys. Anyways. (laughs) Belch. Where did Belch Belch come from? Sorry. (laughs) oh my gosh anyways guys um, holy god (laughs) anyways so you know obviously the offensive line is uh going to be under construction for a while and i do think though that this jets team is going to surprise some people do i think they're a playoff team not yet but um you know it is going to be contingent on zach wilson not being uh hurt and also too i mean i had to give them a pretty good record considering zach wilson's offseason I mean, he had an elite offseason, so we just – I have to reward it somehow. Yeah, I, I'm not very high on Zach Wilson. I know we still haven't seen everything, but – and I know the offseason, ha, ha, ha. You know, he's a player, whatever. But I actually think that's a downgrade in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get girls your age. You had to go a little bit older. I don't know. It's a little weird for me. But anyway, um, I, I just – talking about football-wise – I'm not really sold on Zach Wilson, so that's why I have them so low as well. Even if he is healthy, that's why mm-hmm. I have him at. So um, so for my number three team is going to be the New England Patriots. I'm a lot higher on them. Whether or not you think Bill Belichick is just completely trying to tank, uh, which all signs are starting to point to yes. <laughs> um, I do feel, however, the Patriots were a playoff team. Now, are they the same team that they were last year? No, I think they are mm-hmm. going to take a step back. But I do, I mean, last year they went 10 and 7. In my opinion, this year they're going to go 8 and 9. And the reason I think is because New England always puts out a good defense. Whether it's, it's these high names or these no names, they still always have a solid defense. Um, and his son has actually kind of proven that he, you know, he can kind of take the reins and when it comes to the defensive coordinating position. Now the offense, yes, that is a little worrisome that we have two defensive coordinators, calling one defensive coordinator plays. and yeah. special teams guy calling out yeah, offensive plays. I mean, I understand like, well, they, they scheme and he's trying to be the first person to, 
whatever, blah, blah, blah. We all know it's not going to work. I mean, maybe there, I bet you, I would, I would like to bet a lot of money on mm-hmm. the first game of the new England Patriots. They're going to come out firing on all cylinders and everyone's going to be like this. It worked. The, the offensive coordinators who were former defensive coordinators are great at this. Are we kidding? Mac Jones is going to be MVP, and then game week two it's going to be a complete flop. So I would bet a lot of money on those, in my opinion. But anyway, not saying anyone should, just saying me personally, that's what I would do, um, and I would have to live with consequences. But anyway, um, you know, the, the New England Patriots, I do think they have somewhat of a favorable um, schedule. Um, I'm not very high on Minnesota. A lot of a lot of people are high on Minnesota, so we'll see about that. I think that is kind of a coin flip, in my opinion, because I do feel like every time Kirk Cousins faces New England, New England just completely figures out Kirk Cousins, which not always hard to do, but mm-hmm. um, usually shuts him down, and he struggles against New England all the time. So, um, you know, Pittsburgh, I'm not very high on them this year. Uh, Cleveland, I think is, you know, it's starting to look like it's not going to be a Deshaun Watson type of year. Um, and Thank God. Um, yeah, but you know, they face teams like the Colts, you know, obviously Buffalo twice, the Raiders, the Cardinals. So I do think they're going to run into a few buzz saws here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to lose uh, a, a lot more games. And I think they're going to win obviously with an eight, nine record, but um, I do think the Patriots are not going to be as abysmal as everyone is saying. I do still trust Bill Belichick in some sense, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's obviously, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Okay. All right, Cody, who's your number two team and why? Number two team for me, I think is a pretty obvious choice. It's the Miami Dolphins. I have them finishing with a 10 and seven record. I think that this team will be pretty good offensively and, uh, 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 JCJ, shout out to you. He's been uh, commenting on our live stream the whole time. Uh, he says that they he thinks that they're going to be really good as well. Um, and I, I mean, I agree. I don't think that they are going to be, you know, like on the same level as, let's say, like, you know, the Chiefs or the Bills or or anything like that. I think that they still got a lot of growing pains to to go through. I think a huge obstacle they have to go through is uh, Tua as a quarterback. I mean, he shows flashes, but then there's been times where, you know, he's also shown some signs of being a little um, impatient. Uh, you know, he doesn't really go through his progressions very well. He's also injury prone. He's a little smaller. So, you know, those are just some concerns. And he's also learning a new offensive system. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is better for him. They do have, you know, burners on the outside with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. you know, so hopefully, um, you know, this offense, this offense is probably going to carry the defense more or less, and they're going to get into a lot of shootouts. But I just think that this team with their inexperience is probably also going to lose some games that they probably shouldn't lose. But, you know, I think that's just how it's going to go for this season for them. But I do have them finishing 10 and seven. I have them looking on the outside uh, in terms of the playoffs, though. They're not one of my wild card teams, but I think Miami is going to surprise a lot of people. But I think that they're going to also have, you know, a, a, a successful season in terms of wins to losses. But, um, you know, I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender, nor do I see them as a playoff team just yet. I also have the Miami Dolphins at number two. I actually have them at 12 and five. I really like the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, sounds like First it. First of all, um, I've, I'm still 
I mean, I'm not as high on Tua as I was when he was coming out of the draft. I will admit that, but I do still think he's a he's a accurate quarterback. And what I've noticed in the NFL is if you're an accurate quarterback, you're going to be given a lot of chances. Not only that, but you're also you could actually potentially uh, really do something good in the NFL. And for me, I I think Tua is still an accurate quarterback. I don't love the offensive line that much. I do think they, you know, have a lot of room room for improvement. But you got a receiver in Jalen Waddle. You have Tyreek Hill. They picked up Cedric Wilson, uh, Muhammad Sanu, who's on their team, which I still think is he's going to see some playing time. So some really good re- uh, receivers just right off the bat. Uh, they picked up uh, Alec Ingold, who is a former Raider, who I think was very underrated in what he did for the Raiders uh, mm-hmm. for the years that he was there. Uh, Ingold is a good blocking fullback. So yeah. he is a guy who is going to pave way for really good running backs, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Now, both guys who have had injury history, but then you have guys like Miles Gaskin behind them and Sony Michelle. This is a really good running back core that I don't think is being talked about enough. We're talking about the Tyreek Hill and Tua connection. We're talking about, you know, Jalen Waddle and, and Tua as we should. But I think that running back core, that really surprised me looking at the, all that. That is dangerous. You those all four of those guys are guys who not only can run the football well, but who can catch the ball out of the backfield very well as as well, as I keep saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really like that offense. But not only that, I Xavier Howard is a phenomenal corner. He needs to be talked, talked about way more. Um, and then um, I actually really like their defensive line. Christian Wilkins is... Eh, but Emmanuel Ogba, I really like. I think he's uh, very underrated. Um, and they have a, a decent linebacking core. Pretty young guys, though. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like their, their you know, Brandon Jones, uh, Javon Holland, and then Xavier uh, Howard as, as the corner. I mean, a really solid secondary. This defense is not a defense that I would sleep on. So for me... I really like the Miami Dolphins. And again, I think they're going to kind of benefit a lot from first being in the AFC East, only, you know, seeing New England Patriots and, and the New York Jets, I think is going to be more in favor of the Dolphins. But I do think that the Dolphins will lose one to New England just mm-hmm. because it seems like that's what happens every year. Um, but, you know, they face teams like Detroit, even though I do think Detroit is be solid. At the same time, I do think uh, Miami is that much better. I think they'll be Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, uh, Cincinnati. That one can go up in the air. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Houston, and then they face like San Francisco. You know, that one could be a toss-up as well. But for mm-hmm. me, I, I, I really like this Miami Dolphins team a lot, and I just think they're not only is their schedule kind of favorable for them, for the team that they have, mm-hmm. but I do also believe that uh, they are that good. So run me by that record one more time. 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Okay. Pretty pretty high. I, I was surprised that you went there, but you know what? I I could see it too, you know? I mean, they they're going to probably surprise a lot of people as I mentioned. I think I'm a little more conservative on them just because of the pieces in on Tua, but you know, if they can overcome a lot of the adversity, then yeah, they could very easily be a uh, team to be reckoned with in the East. Um 
My number one team, obviously, is going to be the Buffalo Bills at 13-4. and four. Um, Obviously, I have them in the playoffs in, for the AFC. I see this team uh, having a very – they have a very tough schedule to lead just in the first seven weeks of the season. I do think, though, that they will um, win out some very close and, and, and uh, very competitive games, and I think it will battle test them. And then I think that they're going to have – a pretty good win streak following their bye week all the way leading into um, I want to say it's the um, Christmas time where I think that they will probably suffer a loss, but I think they're going to end the season very, very well. Um, you know, Josh Allen is probably going to have an MP MVP type season. In my opinion, this year's MVP is basically going to either be handed to Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, which is kind of how everything's been playing out and just their trajectory of how, how good that they both are. Um, you know, but Buffalo Bills, though, they have still Stefan Diggs. They have a, an elite defense. Um, they're only going to get better. I think the only thing is just in question is their running game. They're, it's not very good. It, if it runs through Josh uh, Josh Allen, it's a little worrisome just because he runs the risk of getting injured, even though he's a bigger yeah. quarterback. Um, but their run game is just the only thing I would worry about. If they ever if they get that thing situated, they're probably the team to be in the AFC. Um, and I would say above Kansas City just because – now that now they're a multi-threat type of a team where they can run on you, they can throw on you, they have a defense to back it up. Um, their special teams is a little underrated, but they're a solid team from top to bottom. And they're I don't even know if they've hit their ceiling yet, which is scary to think about. Um, and they're still just adding great talent. And they've got a great culture over there in Buffalo. And so I just see that this team is is running away with the East. Um but uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the Super Bowl favorites for on most people's list coming out of the AFC. Yeah, I also have Buffalo Bills at thirteen and four. Um, not much to really add on, other than you know, I think they'll lose the game against the Rams. In my opinion, I just think um, in SoFi Stadium, off of the Super Bowl win. You know, there's going to be a lot of excitement. I, I, I'll just, you know, I'll go ahead and say I think the Rams will win that game. Wouldn't be surprised if the Bills pulled it out, but that would just be my prediction. But you know, they face teams like the Tennessee Titans. Um, then it's the tough. Honestly, the toughest stretch, in my opinion, is the at Miami and then at Baltimore. You yeah. know, I could easily see them go being starting like one and three, um, possibly. Um, do I think it'll happen? Probably not. I mean, I, I really think that they could, they could overcome that. You know, they do have to go to Kansas city, which I think is actually more favorable for Buffalo now. Um, but they got to face like green Bay who, you know, say what you will. I, I still think green Bay is not as great as, uh, what they were last year. Uh, you know, they see the jets twice, I'm not very high on the Vikings. Like I've said, uh, you know, Browns lions, so, you know, they, they see the Bears and, and Bengals as well. So I, I do feel like there's a lot of games that I could see them possibly losing. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of games. That, that sounds bad. That sounds like I feel like they're going to miss the playoffs. I don't think that. I just think there's a few games. I could see them maybe losing a few more. But I do feel like in terms as a strong team, the Bills are that team. And I think they really don't have anything to prove other than when they get to the playoffs, which I think they will for sure. I just, we don't know exactly how, but the way I see the, excuse me, the way I see their schedule, 
I think it's pretty favorable. In the beginning, it's pretty rough. Like I said, I could possibly see them going one and three, but after that, they'd get out of that, and, and I think they would kind of coast until uh, until they probably, I would say, maybe the Vikings game, which is in Week 10. Uh, could I could see that possibly being a loss if, if the Vikings mm-hmm. are what everyone else is saying, but I don't believe it. And then maybe the Bengals, I could I could see them lose too. So, uh, but I I like the Bills. What record do you have them finishing at? Thirteen and four. Right on. All right. So just to recap, so at number four, I got New England finishing in fourth place at five and twelve. New York Jets finishing in third place at seven and ten. Buffalo. Oh, excuse me. Miami Dolphins finishing ten and seven in second place, and Buffalo Bills finishing thirteen and four to get first place in the uh, AFC East. Drew, recap. Uh, number four, I have the New York Jets at three and fourteen. Number three, I have New England Patriots at eight and nine. I have number two, Miami Dolphins at twelve and five, and number one, I have the Buffalo Bills at thirteen and four. Right on. All right, Drew. Before we get to Drew, take we actually had a uh, question in the comments, still about fantasy football, so we're just going to kind of shift over there real quick. And it is from uh, uh, JCJ again. He asked if his team consisted of quarterback being Tua, Christian McCaffrey as an RB, Alvin Kamara, RB2, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins as the receivers, Irv Smith as the tight end, and Antonio Gibson as the flex. What do you think of this um, starting lineup? First, my question is, JC, what the heck kind of league are you in? How you got Christian McCaffrey, (laughs) Alvin Kamara, and Debo Samuel and T. Higgins, like what? And Antonio Gibson. My God, man! What are you in a six-team league? I mean, good lord! That um, you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll be fine. I'll be I surprised think... if you lose a game with this <laughs> roster. <laughs> I mean, the Irving Smith Jr. Not yeah, probably not ten man. Good God, where was everyone else blind? My God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just I, I'm amazed that you got those. Yeah, no um, kidding. Was I guess everyone was asleep except for you, man. Good, great job on uh, <laughs> on paying attention, man. Good. Yeah, Gracious. for real. Uh, I think the only thing is Debo. He could he could possibly get injured, and he got his money, so yeah. that's a little worrisome for me. But uh, Irv Smith Jr. I think that could be really good, or you know, kind of mediocre. You might have to. Um, you know, spot start a few different tight ends. So I would definitely look at that. And then Tua, I think you're going to have a lot of games where he's going to look really good, but I think you're going to have a few games where you're going to kind of be like, okay, should I keep Tua? Like he might get Mm -hmm. you like 11 points. So just be wary of that. Um, So make sure you have somewhat of a decent backup uh, quarterback, in my opinion, Um, you know, if Matt Ryan is available, I would I would go after Matt Ryan. He's going to be a guy who um, will probably do really well. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I'm looking at AFC East quarterbacks, and it's like, oh, yeah, Josh Allen. No. Um, you know, maybe look into, like, uh, <laughs> as I said, don't draft Dak Prescott. Maybe a Dak Prescott would be – if you, I don't, I don't know the bye week of Miami. I don't have it in front of me right now. So I would have to see like what the bye week would look like with mm-hmm. Dak. But, um, you know, I would, I would definitely kind of maybe look at that and see, see if Dak has kind of a favorable matchup, like against the New York giants or, yeah. or jets or someone like that. Yeah. I would say maybe if you, 
I'd say like if you had two as your back as your primary, I think that's fine. Again, I mentioned that uh, Matt Ryan is an underrated quarterback, so maybe you know have him on the bench or in some matchups uh, start him. I think Antonio Gibson in the flex is probably something I would say if you have an alternative flex, that's probably one to pay attention to. Irv Smith, I'm not really concerned with just because tight ends don't get you a lot of points to begin with. Once you get rid of Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, and uh, Andrews, it's a crapshoot after that from 5 to 10 or 15, whoever you're, you're you know, your ranking consists of. So, I mean, Irv Smith yeah. at this point is just a person to <laughs> fill in the spot. But, I mean, you have Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, even if they – even if Christian McCaffrey is 50% of uh, what he used to be, um, you know, I think that's still top 10 upside. Uh, with Alvin Kamara, your two receivers are are elite in, a, in their self. So, I mean, this is a solid starting lineup. He just asked uh, for a flex. AJ Brown, Mark, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. I'm not. Yeah, don't even finish that question. AJ Brown, AJ Brown. Yeah, Antonio Gibson is nice. I like him, but AJ Brown did a lot with <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, who a lot of people were are thinking that Malik Willis will overtake him, and yeah. Ryan Tannehill really struggled last year. Believe me, I had him in one of my leagues. He struggled big time. So um, I would uh, – A.J. Brown was so dominant that he made Ryan Tannehill kind of viable. Yeah. Jalen Hurts not only had a had a really good year last year, I'm not going to say great, but he's working with, like, Devontae Smith, who's really good. They just really upgraded, like, everywhere. Uh, and now they have A.J. Brown. Yeah, I would go A.J. Brown all day. I agree. All right, Drew. So I'm just going to give you a couple of Drew take questions since we're going to uh, wrap pretty soon. We're uh, running a little bit heavy on time here. Um, all right. So the first one I'm going to give you, what are your initial thoughts with Tatis being suspended for PED violation? I respect him for coming out and apologizing right away and just saying, you know, I was, I was trying not to do this stuff. Apparently um, he kind of failed, obviously. Um, and he owned it. So I appreciate that he owned it. Um, unlike, you know, Antonio Brown earlier this week, uh, not owning literally anything that he did. <laughs> Actually, he owned it so much that he was like, yeah, I don't regret any of it. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I, I respect Fernando Tatis in, in the same notion of like Deshaun Watson, where he kept denying it, kept denying it, kept denying it. And now all of a sudden he's coming out and being like, well, I apologize to the women that I may have impacted. Give me a break, man. You've been denying it. Now all of a sudden you're saying, I mean, at least Fernando Tatis came out right away and was like, you know what? I messed up. Unfortunately, I think it was a BS, you know, thing. Oh, I was trying to, yeah. Trying to fix ringworm. So you're taking steroids for ringworm. I'm not really quite sure how that works, Yeah. but anyway, uh, I'm not going to kill a guy for steroids. I mean, listen, people are competitive. They're going to try and do things. Listen, a rod did it. And he ended up still playing and everyone, you know, apparently still kind of likes him. Um, so kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah. My initial thoughts are this is probably going to turn into like a comeback story for him when he gets back. He's going to hit some home runs. Padre fans are going to accept him back. And it's it's a dark day for them because they were really hoping for him to, uh, you know, be available for them. But, you know, I think when he returns next season, he gets back in the swing of things. They're going to fall back in love with him with the Machado, uh, Juan Soto, and Tatis lineup. 
and I think all is going to be forgiven. This is just going to be a blemish on his um, record at the early on stages of his career. And they're going to probably move on relatively quick, in my opinion. So, I mean, I'm glad that he fessed up to it. It's unfortunate that it came out in this type of news because he was, I think he was like a week or two away from just returning to the, to the majors uh, from yeah. his, uh, from his uh, injury um, that he suffered, I think ironically during the off season from, Something unrelated to baseball, but you know, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. All right. So last, uh, last Drew take question, Drew, that I'll give you. We won't get to the NBA one. We'll save that for another time. Okay. So as you know, as I alluded to earlier, the Raiders' first preseason game, they started Josh Jacobs in the Hall of Fame game, which was kind of surprising to a lot of people. We did talk about Zamir White and Kenyon Drake earlier today when we were talking about fantasy players. I'm curious though, with all this developing. Do you think that the Raiders would trade Josh Jacobs before the start of the regular season? No, I don't. I, I don't think so at all. I think they're going to keep him. I think um, there was talks of, you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, can he stay healthy? I think that's what really the reason why they're doing it is to see how he looks coming off of a uh, injury riddled season. Um, and, you know, Yes, Brandon Bolden. He, listen, McDaniel's knows what he has in Bolden. Abdullah is, I mean, he's been in the league for a while. Yes, Jacobs has been in the league for a while as well. But I think McDaniel's really, really wanted to see what he could do with uh, maybe a not so great offensive line or you know not the greatest of offensive schemes. See what he can do. Um, and so I think that's why they threw him out there. And I think Josh Jacobs, and especially as a running back, you kind of need to get hit a few times to really get in the groove of things. So um, I think that's really the reason why. And I think they do like Zamir White a lot. So, you know, they want to see um, what Jacob's going to do with a little bit of pressure. Honestly, I don't think they're going to trade him at all. Um, maybe next year, possibly, if if they think they have a lot in Zamir White. Uh, we'll see. But I, I think Josh Jacobs is is going to be a Raider all, all year long. I don't, I don't see him being traded. I hope our, um, from the backseat friends, forgive me, but I'm going to do a hot take real quick. I think that him playing in that first hall of fame game, uh, was basically an audition to show the rest of the league that he's available. He's healthy to play and that he is on the market. I know that Josh Jake, I know that Josh McDaniels kind of shut that down. I just find it funny. You know, you made the point that he, you know, sometimes goes through injuries. He had a very productive season last year and, um, you know, you would think with a player, though, that may have some injury history, you would avoid putting them in the preseason as much as possible. I mean, Derek Carr is in an injury prone quarterback and he didn't play in the Hall of Fame game, nor did Devontae Adams, because, you know, they're the stars that why did they get a start in a Hall of Fame game? That literally means nothing. You know, they dressed out, but they didn't they didn't play. So in the same respect, why did they do the same thing with Josh Jacobs, who is basically on a contract year He's on the fifth year of his rookie deal? And so it's a prove it year for him. And, you know, I think that this is the Raiders opportunity because, again, they've made it known that they love their running back. Um, they love their running back tandems that they have. They again, they drafted Zamir White, as we mentioned. They have Kenyon Drake, who I think they absolutely love. Um, you know, Emil Abdul, as you mentioned, is somebody that, uh, you know, is growing fondly in the Raiders organization. Brandon Bolden is probably the odd man out in this, you know, in this roster. But, you know, he's there to compete and because he knows McDaniels offense. But I think that it's not a stretch to say that Jacobs could be traded before the start of the regular season. I mean, how would you feel if he was offered up to the Cleveland Browns for 
Kareem Hunt. I mean, would that would that be something that you'd be interested in making that deal happen? No, because I I think Kareem Hunt is a guy who gets injured too. So it's kind of like you're trading an injured guy for an injured guy. And to be perfectly honest, Josh Jacobs has a little less tread on his tires and uh, doesn't have a, a civil lawsuit on his on his hands. So um, I, I'm going to go more with Josh Jacobs. Listen, the reason Carr and, and Adams aren't in there, they're getting paid a lot of money. As you said, Jacobs is on his fifth-year deal on his rookie year. They're trying to see. They're trying to get every little ounce of him. Again, I think he's coming off a, an injury-riddled season. Yes, you can make the argument of why would you start him. But at the same time, I could see why you would start him to kind of see what he does with a little contact after uh, after an injury uh, season that he had. So, um, you know, I think it could go either way, but I, I really I don't think he's going to be traded at all. All right. Well, that's all I, the Drew takes I have for you, man. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, JCJ, I will shout you out, man. Thank you for all the questions. Nick as well, man. Thank you for the questions. He's probably at work, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. He, he, he's, he I think he's off. probably been watching the whole time. Maybe, maybe not, but <laughs> he's been yeah. he's been with us for a, for a while. Yeah. So appreciate all that, all the questions. Hey, we want to continue to do that. Um, I know we go a little bit later most of the time, but uh, you know that's kind of when we can record. Family's got to come first, unfortunately. Nah, not unfortunately. I love it, man. Uh, but uh, anyway. We do, uh, we do appreciate all the questions and, uh, you know, keep them coming. We want to answer them as much as we can. So thank you very much. Um, go check us out on all the social media sites. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like and comment, please. Uh, and like I said, subscribe on there. We always want to hear from you. Um, and, uh, you know, comment on the videos. We will see those. And if you have questions on the videos, we will answer those on our next episode uh, when we are live, which is usually Thursdays. Uh, this was kind of an outlier where it's on Fridays. Uh, but, uh, you know, like we said, ask us questions. We want to answer them. Hey, if we get enough questions, man, we could have a whole episode where we just answer questions, which would be really cool, honestly. Yeah. No um, but anyway... Um, and hopefully we're going to do a little bit more fantasy football questions, especially with fantasy football coming up here. Um, and uh, so check out, check us all out on those social media sites. Uh, we're going to put out a lot more TikTok out, <laughs> um, TikToks this week, uh, just because our connection is a lot better on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so thank you guys uh, who are already following us on there, but uh, thank you for the people who will follow us. Always appreciate it. Um, and then uh, go to all the major podcasts where uh, we want to get a rate and review from you. Anything and everything does help, even if it's a one-star or five-star. We always want to hear from you. If it's a one-star, let us know what you don't like so we can get better and, and, and grow. And give us if it is a five-star, let us know what you like so we can continue to do that. So, And like I said, anything and everything does help. So we appreciate all of that. Uh, and then go check out our partners over at fnxfitness.com. They just had a lot of sales like the last like couple of weeks. So mm -hmm. check them out. They are having a lot of sales right now. Uh, they have great workout gear, great workout supplements. They just came out with some like new gear. 
Um, and uh, I think it was like once it's gone, it's gone type of a thing. But it was mm-hmm. they're coming out with some new stuff, man. So go scoop it up. But I really like their supplements. That is one of their stuff that I really like to get. So go check out the, if you're if you're going to the gym, you you do all these like you know protein shakes, uh, you know pre workout, post workout type stuff. Go check them out. They got great stuff. Protein bars, all that stuff. So go check them out. It is it is really good stuff. It is probably the best stuff I've ever I've ever had, and um, I I try and get it as as often as I can. So yeah. go check it out. So uh, and we can actually get you fifteen percent off by using our code, which will be in the link in the episode, either in the podcast, YouTube, all of our social media sites. So go click that link, and you can get fifteen percent off your whole purchase. I'm going to pass it off to Cody for the final stuff that he's going to say. That's exactly right, you guys. Also, too, you can visit our link tree. We have all the links to basically all of our social medias, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, just like what Drew had mentioned. Also, too, you can find some Amazon links to get uh, podcast mics like what I'm using in case you guys are interested in it. Uh, I would highly recommend if you guys are starting a podcast journey to do so um, and, you know, get the best gear so that way you guys have the best chance of getting started. Um, You know, we appreciate you guys so much. We are actually doing a fantasy football league with some sports podcasters. So shout out to uh, Stuff About Sports. Uh, They invited us on there. So we will be on there and we'll keep you guys updated on how we do. Drew and I are doing one team together. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we just created our our league for our sports podcaster one so be on the lookout for that we'll be doing a live stream of that draft when it comes out it should be a ton of fun and of course we're going to be giving you guys fantasy football updates uh from week to week so please be on the lookout for that again you guys we appreciate you guys so much for listening and hanging in there with us for this uh longer live stream than normal but we are so thankful for you guys next week we are doing the nfc west we are just about to round out our nf record prediction so we're right around the corner so we got the second uh, to last division coming up and then we finish off the AFC West of course which is our where our Raiders are at of course so we cannot wait for that so it's gonna be a ton of fun Drew man thank you so much for hanging out and thank you all for listening please subscribe download rate and review like Drew had mentioned and we will catch you guys on the next episode thank you all so much and we'll see you later see you